Good morning, this is Nick Augustine here with Mark Scroggins at Scroggins Law Group in Frisco, and we're talking about holiday possession schedules, and I'm uh, looking forward to it. All right, how are you today, Nick? I'm doing well, and see I'm wearing my pre-holiday festive. <laughs> I noticed that. Yes. Yeah, you've got the, yeah, the, the kind of heavier heavier cloth there, a little flannel. Because it's 70 today. Exactly, yeah, 75 around Thanksgiving in Texas. Right, right. <laughs> it matched my Escalade driving here. There you go. I saw your post on that. Yeah, that's yes. kind of interesting. Give me a nice loan car, except it doesn't know the speed limit because it thinks the tollway is seven is sixty five miles an hour. So yeah, got to be smarter than your car. It's kind of like the old Sammy Hagar thing. I can't drive fifty five. That's right. I always think about that. There you go. All right. So thinking about people and families and the holidays coming up, we've got November. I mean, it's Thanksgiving next week. Right. Christmas is right around the corner. Right. So what does that look like when we're looking at the holidays and we've got things that are maybe already going kind of funny? and we're anticipating problems. Sure. You know, the big thing that people need to understand, okay, holiday schedules supersede your regular weekend possession schedules, okay? So a lot of people get wrapped up with, oh, well, you know, this is a this is a third weekend or this is a fifth weekend. And so because of that, I've got, you know, the weekend right after Thanksgiving. And no, you don't, mm-hmm. okay? Uh, where people really get confused, it's different from when, like, when I was a kid, we, we got out on Wednesday, and we didn't get, we didn't get the week off. Right. It seems like most of the schools now have gone to the week off. Mm-hmm. So what is, what is important is the language is when the child is released for Thanksgiving or right. for that holiday, okay? And so that's what needs to be determined. That is going to tell you when the possession for Thanksgiving. Right now we're just talking about Thanksgiving, okay? But that's going to tell you when that possession actually begins, okay? Mm-hmm. And so depending on if you have an expanded standard possession schedule or if you have a standard possession schedule, that's going to determine, you know, is your pickup time when the child gets out of school or is it going to be 6 p.m.? And then the holiday schedule is going to supersede what the regular standard possession order is. So, like, if somebody's got a standard possession order, and they've got first, third, and fifth weekends. You know, so, uh, and remember, we always calculate those by Friday. So let's see. Thanksgiving this year was on the 28th. Okay. So, uh, and this is one of the one of the four months during the year this year that has a fifth weekend. So this weekend. We have now, more this year than other years. Well, in, in this month, okay. anyway. So every year there are four there are four fifth weekends. Okay. Okay. Right. And this year it just happens to be that one of those is Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Thanksgiving is the twenty eighth. Mm-hmm. The following Friday is the 29th, which is a fifth weekend. So typically, under a standard possession order, you would have possession that weekend because it's Thanksgiving and it is part of the Thanksgiving break, it supersedes that, so that does not come into play, okay? The other big issue is like tomorrow is February, February. <laughs> Let's hope not. Okay, it. it is Thanksgiving for that. Uh, coming up, so it is November, mm-hmm. November 22nd. So the question is, when are the kids released for the Thanksgiving break? Are they released on the 22nd? Because if that's when they're released, that's when the holiday period of possession is going to begin, okay? Or are they actually released on Tuesday the 26th or Wednesday the 27th? So those are the things to look at, okay? So those are going to be the big factors to to consider at that point. And here's here's the other thing to consider, you know, especially um, 
Well, there, there are two pieces of advice here that, that play similarly, okay? If you're in the middle of litigation and the other side is really jacking with you about that, you can, you can always seek some relief, okay? But it's more of relief after the fact, right. okay? Because if you are going to, let's say that your, your holiday period of possession begins tomorrow, and your spouse or uh, the other parent is telling you, you can't come get the kids, I'm not turning them over, blah, 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 blah. Well, just because they tell you that, that does not give rise to uh, an enforcement motion. You have to actually attempt to go over and pick up the kids and you have to be refused and, and that then gives rise, okay? So let's say that you were supposed to have them on Friday uh, dad refuses to turn them over. Could you seek emergency relief? Right. Uh, you might not be able to get emergency relief. You might. It just it depends on the court. Um, but unless you can show that the kids are in some sort of danger, it is not technically an emergency. Right. Okay. But could you file something and possibly get into court on Tuesday or Wednesday? Probably on Wednesday, not necessarily on Tuesday. But you never know what the what a court will do. Um, but the other thing is, you need to be careful of that because you don't want to piss off the court, you know? Right. And the court has, you know, all these judges have families and kids and stuff too, and they want to be able to do that. So my point is, you know, before you go in locked and loaded, you better make sure that you've got the right ammunition, okay? So, you know, if you're going in with something that's kind of half-baked, expect to get your ass handed to you, mm -hmm. okay? So, so, and you said also that the, um, the time is lapsed you know if you if we're having a problem where you know we didn't get possession so now we're kind of shorted so that's what we're kind of dealing with yeah so you can get you can get makeup stuff and i mean now here's the other thing i mean judges don't like dealing with these types of these these types of disputes because they think it's petty mm -hmm. and also because they believe that it negatively impacts the kids so my very strong suggestion to a parent would be if the other parent is going to play those types of games, raise it with the court. But after the fact, just kind of deal with it. Let your kids have a good holiday and then come back and deal with it after the fact. I mean, trying to deal with just a shit ton of litigation right before the fact, unless you've got something where it's like, y'all are flying up to New York to be with family or something like that. That's a different situation. That would give rise to an emergency type of deal. But if everybody's going to still be here, you know, in the Dallas area, Okay, let it go. Come back and deal with it. It's, the other person's going to look like an idiot. Okay. Okay. All right. So, Mark, we talked about what to expect with the holidays coming up. What are some common problems that people might be looking for? What things usually arise? That well, I mean, issues? yeah, I mean, you, you start getting uh, the biggest problem that arises is when people don't really understand what the possession schedule says. Okay, so. We talked about how, how that arises around Thanksgiving. Let's talk about that same thing around Christmas. Okay? Sure. Christmas is a little bit better defined, I think. Uh, you don't have, you don't have, uh, it, it's generally not such a moving target, okay? And what a standard possession schedule says is that one parent gets the first half of the holiday break, okay? So from the time school is released until noon on the 28th, the other has from noon on the 28th, until 6 p.m. the day before school starts or, you know, the return to school the day that school starts, okay? And then it's the opposite the next year. So the key is making sure that people understand what it says. So what I just referenced is how the statute reads now, 
okay? Back when I got divorced in 2003, that's not what the statute read, okay? The statute read that the exchange took place at noon on the 26th, Mm -hmm. okay? And so just because that's what the statute says, that doesn't necessarily mean what you and your spouse had negotiated. So know what is in the order, okay? Know what it says. You know, I, I still have where we do custom orders today that it's turned over at noon on Christmas Day or it's turned over at noon on uh, on the 26th or, or some different variation and there can be notice required. I mean, so know what your order says. That's the biggest thing. Sure. And then the best, the best piece of advice is kind of like what we were talking about before. You want to make sure that this is all about your kids and you're not playing some petty bullshit game with your former spouse or with the you know the the child's other parent because that will reflect poorly on you. It's a whole thing of you know two wrongs don't make a right. Right. So as difficult as it is to put your ego aside, mm-hmm. that is absolutely what you need to do. You need to go ahead and let's say if you are you know your time you've got the first half of Christmas this year. Okay. So kids get out on. I don't know, I'm just going to pick the 20th. Sure. Okay. I don't even know if that's a what day of the week that is. But let's just say it's the 20th, okay? You go over, you try to exercise, you try to pick up the kids, and, uh, you know, the, the child's mother says, no, you're not allowed to get them until, you know, the 22nd on such and such because a day. Because they were dropped off late after the last time, and you owe me six hours. Right. Okay. And that's the whole thing. Two wrongs don't make a right again. Sure. And so what you do, instead of sitting there and getting into a fight and start dog has And calling the cops. Yeah, exactly. The neighbors love that. It looks right. really good. It looks great. And here's the other thing. People don't seem to understand a lot of the time. Should the police enforce a possession schedule based on the order? Yes, they should. Will they? Very, very, very rarely. They just don't do it. It's not their job. They just don't do it. Their whole, well, it really is their job, but, but they, they don't see it that way. You know, they'd say, that's a civil matter. You need to talk to your that's lawyer. That's what I always see when I watch a lot of live PD, and they say, right. civil matter, call your lawyer. We're, we got people shooting each other. Well, and even when they're showing something, you know, showing the paper, you know, right there with the uh, with the kids, and they just won't. won't it's one of those, it. don't make us come back here, please. Yeah, and so, your judge but the will point is, when, it, when you get something that kind of gets out of hand like that, yeah. the smart thing is to, you know, do what you're supposed to do, which means you go over, you attempt to exercise possession. If you are turned away, uh, nobody's home, something like that, make sure you document it, you've got the ability to prove it, you know, and then you deal with it later, you mm-hmm. know, and if you try the next day, well, you didn't turn turn the kids over, you were supposed to do that yesterday, uh, when can I get them today? So make sure that you are establishing that you attempted to try to to get your kids out. Sure, and make a record of that that you can produce later. I mean, what That's do you exactly maybe right. use the Our Family Wizard or you know whatever? Yeah, I mean, you know, here's whatever you're using. Well, here's something that I would tell people to do all the time. You know, we've all got phones, and all these phones, you know, are smartphones now. Unless, mm-hmm. Although there is a movement going back to the dumb phones, so to speak. I like one. So um, my mom has a flip phone. I'm like, can I have? I, I, was, I was in a meeting with a guy yesterday who had one. So. Uh, uh, and there's, there is something about that that I kind of like. But my point is, with everybody else, go over there, you ring the doorbell, nobody's coming to the doorbell, or they tell you to go pound sand. Right. You know? So what you do is you turn around and take a video, you know, hey, it's such and such a date, it's such and such a time, I'm here at such and such an address to try to exercise possession. I have been turned away or nobody's home. 
turn it off and leave. Important note, Mark does not mean that you should go Facebook Live with that. That's exactly right. Right. That's exactly right. So uh, that doesn't do anybody any good, and then it makes it look like you know your pettiness can can almost equate to uh, being turned away. Right. Okay. Um, because what the court will be really pissed off that someone did not turn turn the child over when they should have. However, the court also wants the kids to have as normal a break as they possibly can and will deal with the malfeasor, so to speak, at a later date. Okay, so that's where it's hard. I mean, you know, and putting your ego aside and how dare you, you keep my kids from me. And I get it. I get it. I really do. And we will go and try to deal with that. And, um, but there's a way to do it and there's a way not to do it. Okay. And what you don't want to do is really sacrifice your chances down the road because you went over and you were refused and then you acted like an idiot and the police are called and all of a sudden, you know, they're, you just provided the other side with something to make it look like you are unhinged. Right. Okay. So be smart. There you go. Mark, there are so many things that can come up as we've talked about how many options that the fabric can unweave and the, you know, things can go wrong. So when we see potential problems or we know that the other side, we know what types of things and when they start to get fussy with things, what can we do to cut things off before they go crazy? Um, So we're kind of trying to maybe head off some problems of the past and negotiate solutions short of, Going into court. Okay, so you've got a bunch of different options, and it, it really kind of depends on where you are. So if you're if you're in the middle of a lawsuit, call your call your lawyer. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, and then there are different options where you talk about negotiation. Okay, so you could have an informal settlement conference. You could have communications just between the lawyers. You could try to set a quick mediation. Those are different ways that you can do that stuff. Now, if a parenting facilitator or a parenting coordinator was um, uh, added to a, added to a temporary order, or if the case is done and you've got a parenting facilitator or a parenting coordinator, you go to them. I mean, that's what the whole thing is about. Now, the thing to understand, and this is something that I think everybody should understand, uh, there's a difference between a parenting facilitator and a parenting coordinator. While they do the same thing, okay, one is there to be able to testify, the parenting facilitator, and the other cannot, the parenting coordinator. I am much more of a fan of a parenting facilitator because if someone is the primary problem on reaching any agreements on anything or is just being a major pain in the ass, they can go in and tell the judge that, okay? Most orders also include that either party or a lawyer or the court can request the parenting facilitator to prepare a report saying that, you know, Johnny's dad is the big problem in this. Mm. You know, that's the reason, you know, mom's being being reasonable, dad is just, it's all about trying to screw over mom, okay? And she can testify to that, or he can testify to that, meaning the parenting facilitator. Mm-hmm. That's awesome, a parenting coordinator can, okay? It's it's great in theory, but my thought generally is, if you need a parenting coordinator, then what you really need is a parenting facilitator. Because right. if you need somebody that's gonna sit there and act as a referee and, and help doing it, you need that they've got a little stroke. Right. You know, otherwise it's worthless, right. in my opinion. But that's just me. So, so there's a there's some good things that you can do. Talk to your lawyer first and foremost if you are in if you're in the middle of litigation. If you've got a good relationship with that lawyer, 
uh, even after the litigation, pick up the phone. You know, they're happy to talk to you and say, here's what I would suggest. If they're not happy to talk to you, then, well, that tells you a little bit about them. Um, the other thing is, you know, if you've got a parenting facilitator or a parenting coordinator that is uh, assigned to the case, um, you know, whether you're in the middle of litigation or if it's after the fact, use them. That's what they are for. And uh, those can be great options, especially after the suit, um, because you're not spending the spending money on a couple of mouthpieces, you know, which that gets really, really expensive. Parenting facilitators are expensive, but not to the same you know, it makes me think that people need to pick and choose their battles and kind of know when. What I see is if you are trying to negotiate and keep things out of court and keep things from blowing up and getting really expensive and protracted, the, you, you know, the, the routes that you talked about are good. And documenting that as you go, because it might take two or three of these times after the third time, you might actually need to go to court. But you have, look at all the best efforts we've done, everything short of here in the front end. Yeah, I mean, and they're just, you know, this is... This is just kind of a starting point, okay? What different options are common? What different options are out there? Obviously, there's more than what I talked about. Um, but it's a great starting point. And, you know, get your ducks in a row. If you need to talk to a lawyer, talk to a lawyer. I mean, you know, uh, if you have if you have something gnawing at you that is telling you, hey, I should probably talk to counsel about this, you should probably talk to counsel about that because one here's one of the other things that, you know, people forget about. If you are complaining about a specific act, okay, the further you get away from that specific act, the less important it's going to be. Sure. Okay, if it was so damn important to you, why didn't you do something about it right then? Right. Okay. So, so if there's a big deal, man, reach out and do something. If if it's not, just kind of bide your time, collect your evidence, look at the resources that are around you that I just talked about. And call on one of those, and you know, and you'll you'll get clarity on which way to go. Exactly. All right. Well, Mark, if we've exhausted all of our efforts in trying to settle things out of court, and we need to go talk to our judge, how does that look? What should we be prepared for? Well, you need to make sure that your ducks are in a row. Make sure that this is actually an emergency. Okay. So people, you get people all the time to think, well, can't we just get a temporary restraining order? Okay. A temporary restraining order is not something that is supposed to just be signed by a court as, you know, anybody who comes in and they just rubber stamp it, right? It's supposed to be to prevent some sort of irreparable harm from happening, okay? What we talked about a little bit ago in holiday situations is if you've got something where you're going to, let's say you're from the Pacific Northwest, okay, and you've got tickets to fly to Seattle, which God Almighty, that is a long flight. You know, I've done four, it. Four and a half. It's hours. awful. Yeah, it's not good. And uh, bring back the Concorde. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I agree. I hear actually they're they're doing something like they that should, before should. too long. They're looking into it. I'll vote for that. But my point is, if you've got if you've got prepaid stuff that you're going up there, and whether you're staying with family or you've got a hotel, but you've got all these tickets and everything, and the other side is jacking with you and isn't going to allow you to. Um, you know, pick up the kids. Let's talk about in a situation where Thanksgiving's next week, okay? Most kids are getting out for Thanksgiving tomorrow on Friday. You go to pick up the kids. You've got tickets to leave on Saturday to go to Seattle, and mom refuses to turn those kids over. Should you look at filing a temporary restraining order? Yes, you should, okay? Now, in that regard, 
there is irreparable harm because of, in my opinion, okay, that's just my opinion, a judge, someone with that black robe has to make that determination. But I would feel comfortable going into court on that because you've already got these prepaid tickets, everybody's going, you're trying to take, you know, Junior up there too, and that has been withheld. So could you possibly get in there and force that? You could, uh, getting forcing the return of a child doesn't happen just with a temporary restraining order. You could have to file what's called a habeas corpus. Okay. There are all kinds of different things that you could do, okay? But if you want to do that, could you? Yes. Could you get some relief? Yes, in a lot of different circumstances. Is it very expensive? Yes. Uh, is there a chance that the other side could have to pay your fees? Yes. Is it okay. the trip of the lifetime and you're only going to have one shot with pictures with relatives that are in their other years? Right. And right. So, so there are a bunch of factors there. Now, on the other hand, if everybody's just staying around, uh, you know, is, is just staying around the Dallas area, and so the first weekend of December is the weekend or two weekends following Thanksgiving, so eight days later, um, you know, would I be trying to rush in with a TRO? Probably not, unless you've got a bunch of other people, a bunch of family coming in from all over the country or out of the country. Kind of the reverse. Yeah, so I mean, so there are situations where you want to do that. There's situations where you don't. So if you've got a question, consult a lawyer. What you don't want to do is if you're going to have to go back and see that judge again, which you will, okay, because if you get a temporary restraining order, there's going to be a hearing over everything within a period of two weeks. Um, you better make sure you've got your ducks in a row because if the court finds out that, hey, you got a temporary restraining order, but it really was um, a little disingenuous on what you put forward, they're going to just absolutely crush you. Um, or they should. Um, if they, if you don't have all of your ducks in a row and it just, you made it look, uh, you went over there and instead of acting like a grown up and walking off after, you know, doing what you need to do, uh, and the police were called and you created a scene and the kids are there crying and all that, guess what? You look just as bad, okay? Yeah. So be smart about things and it's hard, man. When, it's, when you're talking about your kids, you know, the emotions run high. Okay, but you've got to pause. Do not act, you know, do, or I should say, do not react. Pause when agitated and don't react. Talk to a lawyer about what should I do? Scream into your pillow a little if you need to. And you know what? That's good, man. Use one of those meditation things. Yeah, right. Calm and headspace. And one of the, like, the, bu- bu- the bowl bong. Hey, you know, that's like, good too. You know, you go to drum therapy. There are a lot of different things that can work. That's right. So, but that's the thing. Basically, you know, be careful. Use common sense, which doesn't always come into play on stuff when emotions run out. Right, exactly. So, and reach out and call a lawyer. Make All sure right. that you're doing the right thing. All right. Way, best way to get in touch. You can always get us at the office, 214-469-3100, or, you know, you can just send me an email directly, mark at scrogginslawgroup.com. Thanks. Thank you all. And please do share this podcast, video podcast, as you find it, because you just never know who has exactly these types of questions, and they're not telling you. So, exactly. help them find the right stuff. Thank you all.